What's up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So we are back in the quarantine zone with another episode pulling the thread of what it means to defund the police. And I think this is an incredibly important conversation, one that I want to keep going back to for multiple reasons. The first being... I think it's incredibly important, and I I actually believe in the idea of defunding the police. That's number one. Number two, I think in order for us to progress the conversation and find ways that others can lend value, we have to have conversations with people on a wide range of the spectrum, whether they believe and agree with the movement of defund the police or they, they don't. And they have other ideas on how we address criminal justice system in America. And so on this episode, I'm having a conversation with Shy Williams. Uh, we did a previous episode together. She's a former detective. She's currently a speaker and author, and uh, she has her own clothing line, Black Glorification. And because of her background being a detective, I wanted to have her perspective on defunding the police and tackle a larger question of, do we need police to begin with? Here at Salah's Corner, I am always looking to connect with new people, hear new perspectives, and share new stories. And right now, I want to hear from you. Email me at realtalk at salahscorner.com and we can get your story featured on our next episode. First and foremost, welcome back to, to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for constantly doing all of this stuff and, and a lot of the work that you're doing and staying engaged with everything. You know, I saw a meme a few weeks ago and it was like, you know, we're living through those moments in history books that we, we learned about in school, like right now. And like, yo, right. we really are. And so it takes a lot of effort to kind of continue a lot of these conversations. Uh, so, but before we really dive into it, like how, how have you been feeling with everything in this moment? That's a that's a good question, you know, um, and I'm gonna be honest, like it's it has taken me back because, you know, I've been I've been actually, I guess you could say in the trenches, you know, um, this is one of the reasons why I left law enforcement, just seeing the disparities in how different people were treated based off of the color of their skin. And so, you know, to see that it 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 to fold out and to transpire into the public in the way in which it has. And, you know, from the protests to, you know, George Floyd to Breonna Taylor, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. You know, I'm also, a, you know, a scholar, a researcher, and I'm doing my dissertation on implicit bias within policing. So, you know, you, you, you know, you read it in the history, you know about the history, and then to see that it unfolds the way that it has unfolded contemporary you know, it kind of goes back to like what we were talking about before, like, you know, people say how, you know, we're, we're living out what we have read in our history books, you know, so you really, you know, me as a giver, I have to learn how to be a little healthy, selfish to make sure that I'm okay, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, I've, I've taken a little break, like not watching TV, news, new CNN, my, my TV is always on CNN right now, so I'm seeing it, so I'm mute. But I was taking a little break from that, taking a break from just social media, just to make sure that, you know, I'm centered and that I'm okay, you know, because yeah. in order for me to be able to give out the information and to be able to be of service, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing it from um, an authentic space, uh, a space where I am not coming off of as bitter, you know, and just really wanting to help the people, but I got to make sure that I'm okay first. So that's, that's the process in which I'm in right now. So thank you for asking how I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
I've learned to, to start asking that question a little bit more, um, especially in this moment, but just in general, mm -hmm. because, you know, it's a lot going on right now. And I, I've, I've found that I'm, you know, I've, I have moments where I have to take a step away and just like, all right, you know, for instance, this past weekend, I just spent, you know, really not doing anything, engaging much on social media, mm -hmm. not writing or trying to create content that engages people in my community and things like that because I just needed I needed a, a break really to just right. like you know what me me and a wife we gone you know we went we went out you know for a couple of dates the last two days and just kind of like spent some time oh. together and just you know other than that sat in front of tv and watched nonsense tv and and, and you right. know played around because like you do need those like that moment, I like how you said it, the healthy selfish, like you do need that that time to yourself to, to recover so you can really get back into the fight. But now that we are back in it, we're doing this interview, right? We're, we're mm -hmm. somewhat, yeah. somewhat trying to get back into the mix of it without that dreaded burnout. Talk to me about like when the term defund the police first, like when you first heard that term, whether it was just with this recent protest or if you've, you've heard it before, this moment, what did it mean to you? And then how have you, you grappled with it? You know, when I first heard the term, you know, I, I didn't know what to make of it because you know, when I heard the word defund, the only thing that I can compare to was Planned Parenthood, right? Because mm -hmm. that was, you know, people say, okay, let's defund Planned Parenthood. So, so my thought, my initial thought was like, are they trying to get rid of the police? Like in totality? And then once I did a little bit more research, my understanding of what defund police means is reallocating the funds. So this way, you know, it's not where majority of the the budget, you know, by a municipality is going directly to the police department. They are taking money from the police department and they are putting it towards education, mental health, after school programs, things of that nature. So I completely can understand that where we're not totally defunding the police but we're reallocating the funds now i understand that you know defund does look better on a on a poster board right as a for as opposed to reallocating you know because that's a mouthful then you gotta you gotta come up with a a rebuttal like okay well what do you mean by mm -hmm, that you know so mm -hmm. defund is like okay we're gonna get rid of them mm -hmm. but that's not what is going to happen that's not what's really in, in the in the talks right as far as the results is concerned so for me you know when i first heard it like i said the first thing i thought of was uh, oh, like Planned Parenthood. But I do think that, you know, reallocating the funds is going to be beneficial because, you know, so much money has been poured into the police departments and it's kind of been, okay, let's throw more money in, right? We're going to increase overtime. We're going to put more police officers on the street, put more, put more police recruits in the police academy. So this way we can have more police officers. But, you know, over the years, you'll see, if you look at the research, that pouring more money into the police departments is not solving you know, the violent crimes is not minimizing the crime, the crime rate. The crime rate has been steady for years. So you can't say, like, I'm just going to continue to throw money in and that's going to solve the problem. You know, it's kind of I've kind of aligned that with you can't just say we're going to arrest our way out of it. Right. We cannot. That's right. not the answer. Um, arresting our way out of it. Throwing money is not the answer. Um, I, I do believe in um, reallocating the funds because our communities are in need of help. And, and and that help comes in various forms, mental health, 
we need to make sure that we have adequate education for our community. So this way that we can grow. And, you know, I look at it as in don't just say you want to help and you're going to reallocate the funds and you're just going to, you know, dangle the carrot in front of us or, you know, provide us with the contemporary 40 acres in a mule. You know, like we want sustainable, valid help that is going to be beneficial that, you know, our people can be able to grow and be able to create a life, a sustainable life for themselves and for the generations to follow. You know, so I, that's that's my whole thought on the defunding. Like, don't just say that you're going to do it and, you know, do a half job. Yeah. You know, be, you know, be. Be genuine, right? Truly want, like, truly want to make a change. Don't just speak about it, but let's really put forward something that is beneficial and not like the forty acres in a mule. I, I wrote down all of these like list of topics and questions that I wanted to come to you with, and at the root of it, the point that I I want to ask everybody, and I really wish I asked a few other people this: is do we need police? Like, do we actually mm. need police? And, you know, I, I know in the extremes, people always come with the excuses of like, well, what do we do with all the rapists and murderers and the extremes in, of society and things like that? Right. But like, like, frankly, that's when we when we we know that when we fund communities in the right way, you eliminate a lot of that activity. And so it really begs the question, well, do we need police, especially in the way our society, American society has imagined it? And I don't I keep coming. I don't have an answer to that question. Like I keep asking myself that question and I'm not finding adequate answers. And so I'm going to pose that impossible question to you is like, do we need police, especially as we start to have conversations on reshaping society so that it funds the most vulnerable communities. So it doesn't continuously pump out victims of crimes that in turn victimizes someone else. Like if we fund society that way and we're having conversations on it, what do we need police as we have it today? There's a there's two parts to it, right? You have you have the good and the bad, right? And we know what the bad is. That's why we're here today. That's why we see what we see protesting um, and wanting just wanting to end police violence. So you have that part of it. And I think that's the part which I know we're going to talk about the reform part. So that's one part of it that that part we do not need. Right. We can definitely do without as far as the other part of it, the beneficial part, right? You know, you, I've, I've actually, you know, police and, and investigated cases and crime. So you do need police, in my, in my strong opinion, based off of my experience. You cannot just get away. You just not demolish it. You know, I don't think that that would be beneficial because there, there are some good parts of policing that we need as a community. And because you, you do have some people in this world who are, criminals who who don't get it right and have been to jail time and time again as far as like rapists and i know we spoke about this before in the other podcast show where you know okay well do they just need do they just need help well yes they need help but then you know they also need to understand that they need to there's consequences for their actions like brutal like brutalizing a woman or brutalizing a man and taking advantage of them and, you know, not just acting from the space of, oh, well, I was sexually assaulted, right? Well, you're just, okay, well, I'm just going to touch this person because so, this is what I was taught. But when I'm talking about when you actually victimize, like truly brutalize a person where it becomes inhuman, like you, you did what to him? You did what to her? That person is clearly not sane. So I do believe that 
there are some aspects of policing that we definitely do need and there's parts of it that we don't need and i know that the the bad part the 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 excessive use of force the excessive lethal force right the high numbers of lethal force against african americans in in comparison to the population percentage that we make up to the police violence you know that kind of overshadows the the good the the beneficial uh, aspects of what policing does so yes I, I i i find it very hard or i'm not easily convinced to say that we need to get rid of policing it's for me it's i get that i get the 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 extremes of society right but mm-hmm. i i think the, the reason why for me at least it's so hard to to see a society that actually has a benefit to police is because of how because of all of the bad that comes with it right and for me it's it's seeing that the bad that we currently have far outweighs any benefits to society that it's contributing to right because we see how you know, black communities are are ha- much more heavily policed and in turn, you know, have much more of a toxic relationship with police culture than any other community a- in the country. And so, you know, we see black men and black women being brutalized in a different context, you know, than the person that was, you know, that is out there raping or, you know, physically assaulting and brutalizing, you know, people. We're seeing that from the people that actually have the power and set up to protect us. And so for me, because I I see that as such as a much more perverse, you know, use of the power and use of the system, it's like, how do you, you know, I asked Marquise this question, how do you, is, is it enough to say that we'll reform the system to keep the benefits of it or do you can you even reform all of that when you have so much embedded racism and the culture and the roots of how uh policing you know found its way as as Mm -hmm. you know slave patrols and things like that like because that's so embedded in the culture of policing how do you remove that with reforms and still have some benefit that gives to society other than a complete reimagining of what policing and how we contextualize it today. It actually looks like. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're dealing with people, right? You're dealing with people as far as, you know, we're break, when you talk about breaking down the establishment of policing, which started with slave patrol and then how it has migrated to contemporary from stop and frisk. It's kind of having the same principles, right? The mm-hmm. same social control, the same surveilling, over-surveilling, over-policing, because that's what slave patrol was, right? You're still managing and social control of the property, the interests of the slave owner. Whereas now, you know, the slave owner has become the wealthy, right? We're protecting mm-hmm. like the downtown area, right? Center city. And then you go a few blocks in, you have the inner, the, um, inner city right the urban it's like okay well you know you you know your limitations where you you can and cannot go so you're dealing with people and you know that comes from like stereotypes you know learn behavior and i'm understanding that you know when you're dealing with people you know they fluctuate right you know somebody's favorite color could be red one day you know and that same day next year it'd be black you know people's um, opinions, they fluctuate. So it's nothing that is very consistent when you're dealing with people. And, you know, 
that comes in that various forms, right? Learn behavior when we're talking about trying to change people from what we're from what we watch, from what our kids watch, to what we read, to what we view on like the news, just our day to day lives. Like we do have bias, whether it's implicit or explicit. Right. We do have these biases. So, I mean, to break it down from that, that format as far as policing and you know, the biases, you know, we're dealing with people at the end of the day. And, you know, that's kind of hard to really make a concrete or have a concrete answer. Like, okay, well, this can change. Or if we, if we, if we demolish policing, we're going, we're, we're going to solve the problem because you got to remember that, you know, police respond based off of a call in which they received. Right. And so let's talk about the Ahmad Albury. Right now, let's say that the the father and the son called the police and said, listen, there's a black man. Uh, my neighbors are gone and he's looking into this property and then, but they're gone. But I think he's trying to burglarize it. Right. So, well, how do you know that he's trying to burglarize it? Right. Like, What made you think that besides the color of his skin? Right. And now you see him running away. Right. So that's a form of bias. And so when the police respond, they're responding based off of that. So they're incorporating their bias and they're responding to a black man, tall, dark skin, white shirt, shorts on. And he's running in this area. He's in he's running down. He's running in this direction. And he just came from this house number on this street. Right. So bias comes not just in form of policing, because police are police officers are human beings as well. So the point of me explaining that type of that story and from that from that vantage point is that biases come not just from police, but from the outside as well. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and that's with limited information. So I don't believe that, you know, by us demolishing the policing or policing in general, law enforcement is going to remove what we're dealing with. You know, you, you have the the Amy Cooper. Right. You have the Karens. Right. This is all forms of bias just based off the way in which we look like the person's color of their skin, their hair, what they're wearing. Right. There's all types of forms of bias. And I just don't think that getting rid of policing in its entirety is going to solve our problem because it's honestly it's bigger than policing. It is. It really is. It's bigger than policing. Policing is, of course, one aspect of it. And I use that to say, just think about after they after they after the Civil War. Right. And slave patrol was demolished during that gap before policing. Right. Technically, police departments were established. Who took over? Right. For the social control. The KKK. Mm-hmm. Right. The state militia. So it was still a, like it's it was still a transition like they picked up where they left off and then it was the police departments that were established and then you know you found some police department some police officers who were attending KKK meetings and you know when they got killed because it did happen and they unveiled them and there were a full uniform underneath of their attire so you know I can't really say that you know, I'm a researcher, so I can't really sit here and say as much as I would like to <laughs> that, you know, you're seeing more violence towards black people than you are seeing women getting raped or domestic violence. You know, I worked in an urban city and I was the primary domestic violence detective and the secondary for sexual assaults. And this is why I am an advocate for reallocating the funding 
within policing to make sure that we have mental health and that there is some type of funds allocating to build mental health awareness because there's a lot of domestic violence that goes on within our urban communities at an alarming rate, at an alarming rate. So I, I, being at once in that position of in investigating those type of cases to now doing the research on police bias, I cannot say with accuracy or without even doing conducting a study of this nature to say that one happens more than the other. I cannot. Now, I, the way in which it's presented to our communities, right, based off of, like, you know, watching the news, right, is scaremonger. Right. That's what they, they're going to push. Like they want to put out there that black people are dangerous. These communities are dangerous. You do not want to live in these communities. And they're going to fill these fill the times. Right. The, that slot of time with case after case after case of this shooting happened. You know, this happened in this urban community and this at this intersection. But crime happens in, in suburban as well. I don't know if I told I can't remember what, if I was on your show or not, but I talked about it uh, where. A white woman, I was undercover, sitting on surveillance of a, a white guy who killed his wife a year ago. And the white wife came out, she faked to pick up her fake mail and took a picture of me in my undercover car. And within minutes, I guess all of the stay at home wives came. And then her husband came, you know, speeding around the block and almost hit my car and just demanded to know why I was where I was at. And he called, you know, he called the state police. So he called the police and the state police arrived. And, I, you know, I didn't leave because I'm a cop, but I can't I can't tell him that I'm the cover. And, you know, the trooper, you know, he's like, oh, you know, they want you to move from me. I'm like, listen, I'm a cop. And down the street, we're about to, you know, we're about to apprehend this guy who killed his wife. I said, it's funny, troop, that, you know, they're worried about, you know, me, a black woman. They don't even know that I'm a cop. But, you know, literally three doors down, somebody brutalized, like his brutally killed his wife. Right. But you're worried about me, you know, so yeah, I, I hope I answered your question in a nutshell. I agree. You know, there's a there's a, a massive amount of domestic violence in black communities and there's a lot of bias that goes into the system from the outside. Right. But when you talk about funding, you know, through mental health, through education and schools, through health care. Right. You talk about funding the entry points of, mm -hmm. you know, the interactions with police and the criminal justice system. But you start to eliminate the need for the police in the way we imagine it today. I don't necessarily say that the police is doing more harm to us than anyone else or, or anything like that, but more so that the perversion of the power makes it so that we should drastically reimagine what that looks like. But then also, if we're talking about funding resources and funding communities in a way that also doesn't need and require that police intervention, can we then still have conversations on why do we need police, right? Because the, the idea is, is one, on one hand, the police is a huge perversion of power and racism and corruption on levels that systemically harm black people. But then on the other hand, we're talking about funding and resourcing communities in a way where they don't need that. So through both avenues, it's it's this this through line keeps coming out. But do we talk about like the point of police is right is we want to address and solve crime, put people through the system, rehabilitate them so it doesn't happen again. Right. Well, at some point, we should start to see a reduction in all of those metrics through measures of police intervention. And if we are not seeing that, 
that's a problem and that requires some reimagining of how we we do policing but then if we are seeing that and if we are seeing those reductions in those numbers should we still be having those conversations on reducing police and it's like i don't i don't see how we don't have that conversation i think it's going to be a beta test right because we you know we want it to work Right. But, you know, when we, you know, it's a beta test, like we, you know, we sit here, we put mm-hmm. everything together. Right. We want, OK, we're going to reallocate these funds and we are praying and hoping that this is the outcome. But if this is not the outcome, we don't get the results in which we want. What do we do? So, you know, I really, truly believe that it's going to be a beta test. No one knows what it's going to look like or what's going to be the outcome. And heck, come on, we know our people. Are they going to be open to it? Right. Right. We're talking about change. Like, shoot, our our police department, police agencies, higher ups, chiefs, mayors, are they really going to be open to it? You know, I said it before, like, you know, genuinely want to change. Don't just speak about it. Right. The 40 acres in a mule. Right. That mm-hmm. was they didn't really want change. They wanted to. OK, well, listen, look, Dangle Carrot, we're giving them 40 acres in a mule. Mule can, cannot reproduce in the way in which, you know, the other animals can. So. Right. So let's do you truly want it to change and can it work? Is it sustainable? Is it really going to be a drastic change that that our our culture, our people can really be able to benefit from this like generations from generations and generations like other cultures? So I really think I think if it, I think as we as we you know, roll this carpet out to see if it works. I think if it if we see the numbers work, I think you we're going to end up having to have that conversation. Right. Because if we, we can't pay both. Right? right. I love your videos that you do on Instagram that, you know, you really you break. You do a number of different types of videos where you either break down our interactions, specifically black people, youth, their interactions with policing you know, being pulled over and, you know, you know, I saw you did a video about like, you know, having people understand that, yes, you can also get pulled over in your driveway and things like that, especially mm-hmm. if it's a violation that occurs before you got there, you know, it's, but then you do, you also do a lot of videos on talking about like how the, the status of police or like talking about like how, how we view the role of police in our society. And I, and I, I guess my question to you is really like, should we, you know, you have a brand called black glorification. And, and I think about that in a, in the way of how we glorify police, right. And how Mm -hmm. we, we talk about the role of police as the savior. And that has, in, in my opinion, has allowed us to, to view the police as can do no wrong. Is there a time like should we should we start to reimagine like the role police actually have and like how we glorify them in that in that sense that, you know, yeah, there are some good cops. And yes, there are some benefits to, to the to the how American policing is. But in a large scheme of things, when we talk about reallocating funds and defunding the police and all of that, should we? Do we have a real consensus of how we glorify policing in our culture? Like how we how how many police movies come out every year and and the Mm -hmm. number of cop shows on TV, like they just canceled a bunch of them just recently. Like, should there be a revaluation of how we love and adore police culture in our TVs, our movies or TV shows and all of that? 
That's first of all, that's a great question. And I would say, I'll answer by saying this. Yes, I think we do need to re-examine it because I think policing does not align up. Okay, the practices of policing, the practices and methods of policing does not align up, does not align with what it says on paper. And what do I mean by that? Right. We have the police violence. We have the the racial profiling. And on paper, we have we stand for integrity. We stand for protecting and serve. So where so where does that protecting and serve and that integrity is that subjective, you know, based off of community? So for me, like that's where I've been, you know, the more that I read, the more I do research on, I've been kind of going down that path of questioning, of being intrigued and inquisitive about, you know, we don't really align to what we say that we are, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying we because, you know, I used to be. So we don't really align to what, you know, we say that we are on paper when you when you if you were to sit here and just read a few mission statements of police departments right you probably scratch your head and say what like you don't do that (laughs) (laughs) right you just you you have this you have this this percentage of disparities yeah um within your police stops right so the integrity part would be because you know the numbers because it's all about algorithms and police departments, police chiefs, police higher-ups, they have these um, CompStat meetings, right? And they go over the percentage. That's how they create what is known as hotspots. And the hotspot is pretty much an area in which this is an area that is prone or known to have had this much crime in this amount of time. Over the past week, let's say, they have had seven shootings in this three-block radius. And I want a cop on each intersection, right? Police presence to let them know that we're not going to have it anymore, right? So it's not, it's more, policing is more reactive than proactive. I used to always say that as a detective. I'm like, okay, well, if they shot up at Broadway and 6th Street, that's not even an intersection, but let's just say Broadway and 6th Street. And now we're going to show up and have police presence. You don't think they're going to move to another intersection? Right, right. I always thought that was dumb. But as far as, you know, back to your your question, I do think that we do, you know, America does glorify it, right? Because they want to be, you know, protect and serve, right? If they want to be like the community policing, right? And you'll have like, there's only certain cops or certain officers that can be in the in the community policing unit, right? It's not the detective, not, it's not the undercover detective, the undercover narcotics detective that's in the community policing unit. So it's a, to me, I really chalk it up to a dog and pony show, right? You want to you want to be able to present yourself as, you know, giving out ice cream and having coffee with the community or putting together a block party. But then, you know, you have another unit that's out there, you know, doing rolling the corners right doing the stop and frisk even though it's unconstitutional it's all about how you write the report right and we know just how reports are misconstrued just look at the brianna taylor uh-huh. right you know she said she had no injuries and yeah. the sister but she's dead you know was killed right right you know so yes i do think that we glorify it and i don't i don't understand i don't know what the obsession is with policing within america 
it definitely has grown over the years from, I guess, I don't even know, from my time that I know it, you know, and I know it was probably prior to that, but the whole cops, what you gonna do, like that whole, you know, that whole mm-hmm. theme song. Mm-hmm. So it growing to, I don't even know what they have now, but I know that they have, like the I don't know, it's like like it's like a like a art talk where like they'll be like, okay, we're going to like Texas, the border of Texas and Mexico and then they'll come yeah. back, they'll talk about it. I don't even know what that show is called. Or they have like the first forty eight, which that is my show. That makes me think, you know, back to when I was a detective and doing interrogation. But they have all of these shows that, you know, they have you know, America has become obsessed with it. And I don't really I honestly I, I can't think of what the obsession has come to, but that's not it does not align to what how they present themselves on paper as far as their mission statement and who they want to be right they they want to be the the police department that's actually out there making a difference in you know doing the the ice cream with the cop and you know buying and giving out burgers and we're you know taking our police hat and putting mm-hmm. on the kid and taking a picture that's the dog and pony show yeah it's 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 I don't know. I you you actually just gave me something I think I might want to write about a little more in detail. You know, just thinking about it a little more deeply because it really is a a dog and pony show, and it really does have a obsession, an American obsession with you know policing. I mean, I mean, it's I can think over the last ten years easily twenty cop shows. You know, not even to mention like movies where we just glorify police culture and, and things like that and being the bad cop is a good thing and you know all, all right. of this all of this kind of stuff and i tell you i like the real like you know you'll you know people you, you people who go to the police academy and become officers whether it's full-time or part-time you know it's nothing like the tv nothing yeah. at all you know your heart is your heart is racing when you get in a foot pursuit and you're by yourself and, you know, you're on the radio and you're calling out the streets as you're passing them. And, and you know, you're just praying that you have the right, the right street because in, in, in the hood, right, they turn the street signs. Yep. You know, especially, you know, you know, you have a new police department after they demolish and you put new police on the street and they're not familiar with the area because they didn't grow up there. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm at this intersection, but not realizing that the street, the street signs have actually been turned. But it's not. You know, the real world is not, the real policing is not like, you know, the movies. It's not at all. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just nothing like it. You know, it gave you heart palpitations, you know, police, police. They say in the academy, they teach you this. I'm going to try to remember all of them. But there's three, there's three health concerns that police officers have. Heart attacks. I think it's called gastro something, but it's like the G, G something, like pretty much with your intestines. Gastrointestinal. Yeah, so it's all based off of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember what the other one is. You know, and police have, police, you know, they come, they, after the, after the job, they're dealing with a lot. And so they're involved in a lot of domestic disputes. And they drink a lot, right? And they, they deform, they form up addiction. So it's nothing like the the movies and the shows that they how they depict it at all so it's just an obsession shy shy williams thank you this was this was i I think i'm gonna still have to keep asking somebody's gonna have to convince me on why we need police because i keep i keep having and i'm not saying that we don't necessarily honestly i think i am i think i am saying that we don't need them i just i'm 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 Mm -hmm. finding a especially how we imagine it in american culture today but 
I'm still I'm still gonna be looking for somebody to to follow that that thought thread with me on the different avenues when you actually explore them. You know, does that mean drastically reshaping at least how we view policing in American culture? Can you plug all your content for everybody? And go ahead. You look like you were going to say something else, too. I I mean, I I really want to see how things play out, because, you know, I always I truly believe that, you know, I remember my my days as a patrol officer and, you know, responding and de-escalating a situation just based off of interpersonal skills. Right. And, and and relatability, honestly, and representation. So all of those things, relatability, representation, interpersonal skills, knowing how to talk to someone to de-escalate a situation when, you know, two people who you know who love each other, have feelings for each other are literally going at it. You know, and they call police when it's like, OK, someone needs to be removed or someone needs help. And just, you know, listen, like, bro, just take, go for a walk. Come like go for a walk. I, I don't want to arrest you and I don't want to get called back here tonight, but go for a walk, you know, maybe go stay at a friend's house, you know, you know, allow, you know, allow everything to just blow over and then come back. You know, maybe you guys are just mad at the moment, but, you know, you'll come back together. But, you know, just being able to, you know, de-escalate that and not have to go hands on because you want to go hands on. You know, you just got your uniform out, out the cleaners. You know, you got to wear it. You got you got you got two more days <laughs> within within your week, you know, before you get your long weekend. Right, that was at least my outlook on it. Like, come on, I don't want to have to go hands on. Like, I'm too cute. I don't want to break a nail. Now I gotta go to nail salon. You know, I'm working twelve hour shift. You know, so you know, honestly, I really want to see how everything plays out. Um, I do think that these services can be beneficial if it is done correctly and done with dignity and 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 genuine like it really has to come from a genuine someone's genuine heart to really want to be able to see change if it comes from that space then i think that we can move mountains and i think that it can be beneficial and i really i think seeing how that plays out i think will change my position on it Um, because honestly when police officers respond to calls a good percentage of them majority of them are not violent calls Right there, you know, they they just want the person to leave or they're not buying the calls. I'll just leave it at that. And the majority of them, they are not. So a lot of it you're dealing with like social issues, mental health issues. So I do think that it could be beneficial. Again, it just has to come from a genuine space of really wanting to seek change. So that's my position. I, I may join you on that. It all depends on how it comes out. So I do. I really like again, I do believe that, you know, as a community, as a culture, you know, we do need, you know, we're, we're dealing with trauma. We're dealing with so much trauma. It's, it's, I said this, you know, years ago that it's so, it's, it's so much, it's so difficult being black in America. Mm-hmm. Like it's so stressful. It's so exhausting. It's like, you know, as a black person, I know for me, you know, I'm just waiting to excel. Like yeah. literally, like I, I really am. It's one thing after another and, you know, yeah, I'm just waiting to excel. So, I don't know. I may join you in that position. I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. We'll, we'll see. I might I might be able to talk you around to it. Shy <laughs> Williams, uh, where, where can we find all your content? Yes, you can find me at I am Shy Williams on Twitter, on Instagram, and you can follow my uh, clothing line, Black Glorification, uh, where we glorify being Black, at Black Glorification on Instagram. And you can visit us on our website, www.blackglorification.com. Shai, thank you. I appreciate this. This was this was dope. Thanks for coming back.
Thank you for having me. It's always been a pleasure. Again, another big thanks to Shai for joining me on this conversation and having this uh, debate on do we need police? I'm still not convinced that we need police, especially if we are talking about funding communities appropriately, particularly black communities appropriately. So they aren't forced into interactions with police so that they aren't having interactions where police are agitators into their space. And so they can actually thrive, not just, you know, through limited interactions with police, but access to schools and healthcare and mental health resources and community centers and arts programs, all of these things that other communities have, black people need it too. And if we are expected to thrive in those communities, we should be expected to not be threatened by police with the use of force. Thank you again. I encourage you all to give me your feedback on this issue. You tell me why we need police in our communities, especially if we are funding them appropriately. Email me all your questions at realtalk at salascorner.com. And until next time, peace, y'all.